filled with glory and grace. I want to see my Savior's face. Heaven is a wonderful place. Do you believe that? Do you believe it? I hope so, because it's true. And there we live in a world that needs to know heaven is a wonderful place. And I want to go there. I plan to be there. In the Old Testament, Easton's Bible Dictionary suggests that the Hebrew word most frequently used for heaven appears in three different senses. Genesis chapter 7 and verse 23, we find that it, it's speaking of the, the, the sky where the birds fly. In Deuteronomy chapter 17 and verse 3, it tells us about the heavens where the stars are. In Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse 14, it tells us about the dwelling place of God, the highest heaven. You know, not much is said in the Old Testament about heaven. And in fact, uh, the idea of the resurrection of a place for those resurrected from the dead to go uh, to God, to meet God in the afterlife, is, is not spoken of much in the Old Testament. Peter quotes David from Psalm chapter 16 and verse 10 where he speaks about the resurrection of the Messiah from the dead. In Psalm chapter 73 and verse 24, it speaks of being guided by God's counsel and then being received into His glory. Hebrews chapter 11 gives us some idea of what the, the ancient world knew about the future. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 16, the Bible says, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. And so they had some idea of anticipation of being with God, though they may not have understood like we do the idea of heaven, for the New Testament had not been written. But this gives us some insight to what they may have thought about Heaven. In the New Testament, the word translated heaven can mean the space above the earth, Acts chapter 1 and verse 10, or it can mean the place where God dwells, Revelation chapter 4 and verse 2. And also, um, remember in the New Testament it speaks about, uh, I was caught up in the third heaven, may have some idea of what that Hebrew word meant uh, as well. There are a number of expressions in the New Testament describing the ultimate reward for the righteous. Matthew 25 and verse 46, And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Have you ever thought about, we speak about death. Many times we, in just in general conversation, we'll speak about death in terms of it being final. And to some degree, there's some finality of death, but the reality is... Are you with me? The reality is, everyone will live forever. The key is, where will we live forever? Peter speaks of the destruction of the present heaven and, and present earth and the coming of a new heaven and a new earth. You remember he speaks of that in 2 Peter chapter 3. He tells that scene and he asks, What manner of persons ought you to be since these things are going to be dissolved? 
Paul calls the ultimate reward in 2 Timothy 4 and verse 18 his heavenly kingdom. And then John, as we'll look here in just a few moments, uh, gives this beautiful description of heaven in Revelation 21 and 22. He called it the new heaven and the new earth, the new Jerusalem. I want to mention a few scriptures. And if you're still doing your uh, the, the black one-word devotional book, uh, these are some scriptures that you'll find this week in that book. Psalm 23 and verse 6. Uh, David, as he speaks about, uh, speaks on that shepherd psalm, he says, And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6, you remember Jesus tells them in verse 1 there, Do not let your heart be troubled. Uh, believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And he goes on to tell him, listen, if I go to prepare a place, I will come again. That where I am, listen to this promise, that where I am, there you may be also. You can ride around this city. You can ride in the city of Memphis or Nashville or... Huntsville, Alabama, or Atlanta, Georgia, or anywhere, and see all kinds of different sizes of houses, can't you? You can see all kinds of different neighborhoods. Some, it's obvious that they don't have as much as others. You can ride in some neighborhoods, and it's obvious those people have more than others. But there will be a day for the faithful when we will all have a mansion. We will all have a room in that mansion. Jesus says, I'm going to prepare that place and I'm going to come back uh, and receive you that where I am there you may be also. He was encouraging these apostles to look beyond today. Isn't it hard to do that sometimes? Because today is what I know. Today is what I'm struggling with or today is what I'm happy with. But for those apostles, he's saying, look beyond that. Look beyond that to the place where I have prepared for you. That place with many rooms, many mansions. From this passage, John 14, we can learn some things like this. Trust. Trust that God is going to take care of us. No matter what's happening in our life, no matter what's happening in the world, God will take care of us. Believe that Jesus has prepared a place for us to go. When you're down, when you're frustrated, when things just are not going your way, when things seem so dark and so dreary, believe that Jesus has prepared a great place for His followers. And here's a lesson that's important for us to learn from John 14. Long for Jesus' return to take us there. There's some good things about this life, isn't there? There's a lot of good things. There's a lot of blessings that we can enjoy in this life. But there's also a lot of heartache. There are bad days. There are difficult times. Long for Jesus' return to take us to that mansion, 
to take us to be a part of those many rooms, to take us to be in His presence, in the presence of Almighty God and the Holy Spirit. In Matthew chapter 25, heaven is spoken of there in verse 34. In chapter 25, Jesus tells about the parable of the ten virgins, the parable of the Master giving money uh, to His workers and telling them to be ready for His coming. Jesus tells about uh, the coming judgment day and that all will be separated as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And those who have served the hungry, clothed the naked, cared for the sick, visit the prisons, Jesus will say this in verse 34, Come, you who are blessed by My Father, take for your inheritance the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Do you remember that great chapter that Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 15? We call it the great resurrection chapter, but there's some things that, that Paul reminds us about heaven. And I came across a gentleman who, who asked these questions uh, to find the answers about heaven in 1 Corinthians 15. Questions like, was Christ raised? Yes. According to the Scriptures and according to eyewitnesses. Will everyone else be raised? Yes. And we have that hope in Jesus Christ. What will our bodies be like? They will be imperishable. They will be spiritual and they will be immortal. Unlike the bodies that we live in now. What awaits following our resurrection The theme of the book of Revelation, victory over death and the workers of evil and wickedness through Jesus Christ. And how should we live as we anticipate the resurrection? Steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And isn't it interesting Think through your life. Maybe through some of those difficult times. Maybe through some of those times where you began doing things well and things are going well. And who creeps in and tries to get in the way? Satan. And Satan tries to get us to focus on on the here and now and all the little details and all the little problems. And he wants us to forget about. Be steadfast. Immovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Turn in your Bibles. Hopefully you're already there to Revelation chapter 20. One of the things in our class this morning, uh, speaking about the book of Revelation, uh, that we came across in chapter 1, Um, Chapter 1 and verse 3, he says, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy. And we made mention of the point like in Nehemiah chapter 8, where when uh, the the law had been lost and now the law has found, they're they're trying to rebuild the walls, they're trying to rebuild uh, the temple. And uh, Nehemiah, they, they have the law of God brought in and read before the people. And the people listened. And the people heard the Word of God read. 
And so we talked about the public reading of Scripture and how it is still important today. And so let's read several verses here in this beautiful description of heaven. Revelation chapter 20, we want to begin in verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne, and Him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Chapter 21. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. It must have been beautiful. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And He will dwell with them and they shall be His people. God Himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then He who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And He said to me, Write. For these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, Murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the Spirit to a great and high mountain, and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Having the glory of God, her light was like the most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Also she had a great high and high wall with twelve gates and twelve angels at the gates, and names written on them, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. Three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. Now the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city, its gates, and its wall. The city is laid out as a square. Its length is as great as its breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. Its length, breadth, and height are equal. 
Then he measured its wall, 144 cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of an angel. The construction of its wall was of jasper. And the city was pure gold like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. Verse 21, the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each individual gate was one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. But I saw no temple in it. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of sun or the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. But there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Chapter 22. And He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him. They shall see His face, and His name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. They need no lamp, nor light of the sun. For the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. What a beautiful, beautiful picture of heaven. And so as we think about this great section of Scripture, I want us to think about a few questions. What's the picture? God will be with His people. God shall wipe away every tear. No crying there, no pain, no death, no sorrow. The city is a perfect cube, and he goes on to describe that city in all the different measurements, trying to describe in human terms the possibility of this great, great city, the New Jerusalem, heaven. There will be no night there, no need for light, for God and Christ are the light. The redeemed of all ages will be there. Do you miss do you miss some loved ones who have been faithful and lived faithful? All the redeemed will be there. Do you want to like David when he said when his child was gone he says I can't bring the child back but I can go to him. Don't you want to go to that land? Don't you want to be with those faithful? They will be there. And so will God, so will Jesus, our Savior, and the Holy Spirit. And we will see God face to face. So what do we gain from this section in Revelation of meaning? We see this picture that tells us heaven will be perfect in every way. 
Have you ever wondered or imagined in your mind, we call it the ideal. When we're looking at something, maybe we look at our church family and we want to be the ideal church family. Maybe it is we look at our family. We want to be the ideal family. I want to live in the ideal house. I want my life to be the ideal life. What are we saying? We want it to be perfect. You see, for in life, there can be no perfection. Perfection is found in Jesus Christ. Perfection is found in heaven. It will be perfect in every way. There will be perfect protection. Did you catch what he said? The gates will be opened by day. For there is no night there. There will be the idea of perfect provisions. God will be the light. The river of life, the street of gold, and the tree for food. There we can find perfect fellowship. For God will be there, Christ, the Holy Spirit, and all the redeemed, including our departed loved ones, as we have already mentioned. What will we find there? We will find there perfect joy. God will wipe away all tears. There will be no death, no sorrow. I see Brother Aaron sitting back there. He's had hip replacement surgery and... And Brother Dick has had that. Guess what? There won't be any aching bones. There won't be any fractured bones. There won't be any pain from surgery because we will be there with God. Perfect joy. And as we have been with families over the last few days to say goodbye to loved ones, in heaven, there's no goodbyes. There's no death. But perfect joy. And so what is the choice? It's clear from these verses who will be in heaven and who will miss it. Who will be there? Those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Uh, Revelation 22 verses 14 and 15 again. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have a right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice the magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. In chapter 20 and verse 12, the Bible says, God has kept in His book of life the names of those who are His and these will enter. The city. Don't you want to go to that land? Don't you want to be in that place we call and know as heaven? I do and I believe you do. And there are so many. But it's also important that we remind people of how we get there. John 14, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, in the life. No one comes to the Father. And where's the Father? Where will He be? In heaven, but through me. And to have one's name written in the Lamb's book of life. Have you ever noticed Bradley's lettuce? Thank you, Bradley, and several songs tonight about heaven. But I want to issue you a challenge that as we sing our songs over the next few weeks, pay close attention. Whatever the theme is of that day or that particular service, pay close attention to the songs that we sing or have something in them about heaven. 
It's amazing the number of songs that we sing that have something in them or them themselves or about heaven. Dr. James Dodd, Dobson, sorry, Dr. James Dobson, founder of Focus on the Family, tells a story. Uh, he tells a story from January 5th, 1988, where he brought, you remember, famous Pistol Pete Maverick to be on his broadcast in California. You see, Pete Maverick had just retired from the Utah Jazz. Also, he had recently given his life to Jesus. And he had made some great changes in his life. But while Pete was there, he, you know, he was this great basketball player. And so several people in the office, they decided, let's play basketball with Pete. And so they set the time and they got out there and they began warming up for this basketball game. And as Dr. Dobson tells this story, he and Pete, they were on the three-point line and they were shooting three-pointers. And all of a sudden, Pete fell over backwards. Dobson tells how he went over, how he called the paramedics, and he held Pete in his arms. But they didn't make it in time. For Pete died of a massive heart attack. When that happened, the Dobson family sat down and they decided that one of the most important things to them is heaven. And they came up with this way of communicating to this to each other non-verbally, where they would just stick up their thumb to one or the other toward heaven. And what that meant was be there. Be there because I want us to be in heaven together. You see, no matter what others do, no matter what others say, the Bible is clear. The Bible is clear that heaven is a place. The Bible is also clear that hell is a place. The Bible is clear, and we've read some of those Scriptures tonight, that only those who are faithful uh, to Christ, only those who are in Christ, only those who have their names written in the Lamb books of, Book of Life will be there. All of the redeemed. All of those who have given their life to Almighty God through Jesus Christ. Through that symbolism of being buried with Jesus Christ in His death... His burial, and His resurrection. And like the book of Acts tells us, and the Lord added to the church those who should be saved. And their names, and those of us who have done the same, our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Let us, let us in a sense, live in such a way and I'm not saying perfectly, because we all make mistakes. We all fall short. That's why we need Jesus. But let us, let us communicate to one another. Be there. Because whether we face each other another day,
And we want to see you in heaven. Be there. Tonight, have you given your life to Jesus Christ? Gone through that death, burial, and resurrection, through that watery grave, rising in newness of life, so that not that we can put a name on a roll here, but so the Lord can add you to His church and write your name in the book of life so that you can go declaring to your family, declaring to those you're around, be there through Jesus Christ. Maybe it is you're here tonight. And for whatever reason, Satan is after Satan's pulling us away. He's thrown a lot of things in your life. And you want to make sure tonight, whatever happens tomorrow or the next day, that you will be there. If we can help you in any way, come forward and let us assist you as together we stand and sing.